Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. Man, that was just anointed, no pun intended. It was good. But y'all excited for church today? Quick things before I want to get into our message this morning. It's this, that two years in, two years in, Adrian and I had a dream and a call on the inside of us. And Zechariah 4.10 says, don't despise small beginnings because the Lord rejoices in seeing the work begin. It doesn't say that the Lord rejoices when you're at 10,000. It doesn't say that the Lord rejoices when you have all the money you would ever need for church. It doesn't say that the Lord rejoices when you are the biggest and the most popular thing in your city. No, no, no. It says the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And friends, it has begun. Amen? And I just want to say thank you so much for calling Takeover Church home, for being consistent, for being faithful for believing in what God has put on the inside of Adrienne to awaken what God has put on the inside of you. Church isn't built on the gifts and talents of a couple or a few, but on the sacrifices of many. A church isn't built on dope Instagram accounts, isn't built on great videos, isn't built on amazing, talented people. It's not built on all the money in the world. It is built on the solid rock, the solid foundation that is Jesus Christ. And how many of you know the gates of hell will not prevail against his church? So here we are. We're two years young. But this third year... The devil don't know what hit him. Grand Rapids is going to have a life-giving church in it. And people's lives, their marriages, their finances, every area of their heart, every part of their soul, it's going to be redeemed, which means made better than ever was before. And so our God is up to something. Amen. Amen. So I just want to say thank you. And from the bottom of Adrian and I's heart, I also want to say real quick to our entire serve crew, no matter how long you've served for, however long or however short, this thing doesn't happen without you. This can't be done off Matt and Adrienne's back. All of us contribute to this thing. All of us make this thing happen. God might have given us the vision, but it is you guys that fulfill it. It's you guys that make this what it is. And I just want to say thank you so much for serving faithfully. We love you guys. Can you make some noise for our serve crew? Y'all ready for the word? How much do you love your Bible? Come on. Who's got their notes? Oh, best looking people in the place. It's going to be good this morning. If you're taking notes, the title of my message is this, as we are continuing our series, Anointed. Somebody say anointed. We are continuing our series, Anointed. The title of my message is Anointing and Abiding. Anointing and Abiding. And for the OGs in the room, you can subtitle this message, The Takeover Life Part 2. The Takeover Life Part Deuce. I, know, I said deuce before service, and I was like, I like the way that sounds. I don't think I'm classy enough to say the word deuce, or old enough. Uh, it's good. <laughs> deuce. Deuce. Deuce is wild. Anyways, anointed and abiding. And if you're taking notes this morning as well, we're going to have it up on the Sky Bible, but if you have your Bibles, turn with me quickly to John 15, 1 through 10. 
10 good verses that we are going to chew on, that we are going to see what God has to say in it, and it's going to be good. Does that sound awesome? All right, here we go. I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking right now to his disciples. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. That it may, or that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Somebody say, much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Fantastic. We're going to pray. And then we're going to see what the Lord will do. Does that sound good? Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. Two years, God. Two years. Lord, I love the testimony of this church. God, it builds faith this morning. That God, you can build a church off the lives and the faithfulness and the persistency of misfits like these guys. God, we love it. We love what you've done. We love that you've supplied every need of this house, God. From the sound system and the snake and the equipment, Jesus, to the people, to the money and the bank accounts, God, to all of the things that you have done. You have just lined it up time and time again, God, and you have been purposeful in it so much, God, that we are here this morning, God, and we're all, we are ready for a fresh year. We are ready for a fresh anointing. We are ready for a double portion this morning, Father God. We ask, Holy Spirit, right now that you would do only what you could do in this place, Jesus, and that's leave us looking more like you when we leave here today, God. We are interested in living lives that look like ourselves. We're interested in living lives that look like Jesus. So, Father God, we just thank you for everything that you've done. We thank you for your faithfulness. We ask that you would continue to remain faithful to this house. And, God, that you would just show off and you would show out and you would show up in this place, in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name, a faith-filled church said, Amen. Amen. Come on. Anointed and abiding. I love this piece of scripture. I just love Jesus. I just love seeing what he was up to. I just love watching the Son of God, fully man, fully God, interacting on earth, what he was up to. God, he's just the great personification of who our God is. He is the character of who our God is. And I love seeing what he gets up to because here he is with his disciples, his boys, the people that he called, that he anointed, that he established to be the beginnings of what we now know as the church. There is a church at large, there is the body of Christ at large, then there is the local church, the body of Christ here in Grand Rapids. He was establishing this. And he brings his boys around him and, and he lays it out for him. 
he makes it very clear to his anointed ones, to his called ones, to his purposed ones, what this whole thing looks like. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me, and apart from me, you can do nothing. What Jesus isn't suggesting here is what some religious ceremony is to look like. What Jesus isn't suggesting here is that it's enough for you just to change your your social media religious views to being that of a Christian or to raising your hand at the end of a service. He isn't saying that when you are the vine and he is a branch, it is simply enough to come and sit underneath the learning tree that is God and then check out when you want to, come back when you want to. Jesus isn't suggesting here that what it looks like to be a vine, what it looks like to have a relationship with the branch is that you just show up one Sunday a month and you check your religious card and you go about your married way. No, 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 what Jesus is suggesting here is that for the chosen, for the sons, for the daughters, for the saints of the Most High God, for the church, it's not simply enough to observe the kingdom of God, but we have got to be another brick in the wall, another significant brick that is laid in building the kingdom of God, that you and I, we actually have a role, we actually have a place in the grander scheme of things, in the greater picture, in the mosaic that our God is painting. Friends, you and I, we are anointed, we are appointed, we are called, And God and Jesus is saying to his disciples the very thing I believe he is saying to this church. What Jesus said to his church, I believe God is saying to this church. What Jesus said to his disciples, I believe he's saying to these disciples. Abide in me and I will abide in you. And apart from me, you can do nothing. This is good news, church. This is good news because here's... Here's we can we can see these pictures of Jesus, right? We can hear these grand statements. Abide in me and I'll abide in you. And apart from me, you can do nothing. We're like, yeah, gets me hyped. But then you think about it logically and you're like, wait, hold up. What did Jesus just say? Because I think if we're looking at it, we go, ah, tons of people. Tons of people live lives apart from God, not yet following Jesus, and they do things all the time. No, no, no. See, Jesus wasn't speaking to just anybody. Jesus wasn't speaking to the unchurched. Jesus wasn't speaking to strangers. Jesus wasn't speaking to people from other religious backgrounds. Who Jesus was speaking to, context brings clarity, who Jesus was speaking to in this moment was the church. He's not talking about Joe Blow down the street. He's not talking about anybody else. Whom he is speaking to in this moment is the church. If you don't know Jesus, go about your married way. Do your own thing, whatever it is that you want to do. But for God's chosen people, for the anointed, for his called, for his saints, his sons, and his daughters, you and me, we, apart from him, can do nothing. You see, Jesus... We talk about this all the time here at Takeover Church. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't come to be a religious checkbox. Jesus didn't come for you to check in underneath the learning tree of God once in a while whenever you feel like it. Jesus didn't come so that when you're in hot water, you can pray for cool water to come down. Jesus didn't come for a pit stop kind of relationship with you. Jesus didn't come to be a part of your life. Jesus came to take over your life, amen? Jesus didn't come just to have a role in your life, but he came to take over your life. 
Take over life part two. Come on, church. Help me preach this morning. He didn't come to take part in your life. He came to take over your life. And so what does that mean for the Christians? Because I think for a lot of us, we can look at that and go, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I can see what Jesus is trying to say there. But, like, I do things all the time without necessarily consulting Jesus. Like, I do things all the time without necessarily consulting the Holy Spirit. Like, I wake up, and I go to work, and then I put my pants on one leg at a time when I get to work. Wait, that's, that's not right. But I go to work, and, you know, maybe I'll go here, and I'll go there, and, you know, I'll go to this club or this bar, or, you know, I'll, I'll respond to this person that swiped right on my dating app, and, I'll do these things, and I'll meet so-and-so through a friend, and I'll have these friends that I still grew, grew up with. And I didn't necessarily bring all of these areas to the table when I met Jesus and began consulting him on a daily basis for what it is that I'm supposed to do in this area of my life. You see, I didn't, uh, you know, I feel like every area that Jesus is directly involved in should be blessed. But friends... That's called idealism. That's not called reality. We don't operate as a church in ideals. We operate in what is. And what is is still who is to come and was to come and is to come. And his name is Jesus. And he is the word of God living among us. And so when we look at this and we go, yeah, it's easy to sit here and go, well, yeah, I don't, I don't bring these things to Jesus. I don't really think about these things in context of Jesus. I just kind of do things. I just kind of live. I just kind of go here and I work here and I do this and I hang out with her and I hang out with him. And I have these areas in my life that I haven't necessarily consulted the Holy Spirit on. And, and, and if that's you this morning, when you hear apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. The question I want to pose is those areas that we have yet to consult Jesus on. Can we honestly say that they're blessed? Can we say that we have the fruit in those areas that Jesus just declared you will bear much fruit in when you begin to consult him on those areas? Can we declare this morning emphatically that the areas of which we live our lives, we steer our own wheel, we go where we want to, how we want to, with whom we want to, when we want to, are as blessed, have as much favor, have as much breakthrough, and have as much fruit in it as Jesus just declared in that statement that it could. You see, for the local church, for the Christians, this is, cause this is just kind of how we get, right? Suddenly we come to know Jesus and we make him Lord over our religion, but we don't really make him Lord over our relationships. We come to know Jesus and we make him Lord over our music in the minivan, but not necessarily Lord over our marriages. We come to know Jesus and we make him Lord over our mouths, but not over our hearts. So we may be feeling things that we ain't speaking, but just because we ain't speaking it don't mean that we ain't breaking, okay? We make him Lord over the big things, but not necessarily the little things, like our thought life. We come to meet Jesus, and we make him Lord over one, over two, over three, over four things. 
But friends, Jesus didn't come to be compartmentalized. Jesus came to take over our lives. Jesus' chief concern when he was up in heaven with the Father and he was coming to secure the bag on earth, you and me, bring us, rescue us from a certain damnation in hell, but not just from hell, but from the consequences of sin here and now so that we can have lives that look like heaven on earth. When he was going to do all that, he didn't come so that he could safeguard areas of our lives in which we think it's appropriate for Jesus to safeguard. And then we declare by our actions that, no, 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 I've got this one, Jesus. You don't need to worry about this. You don't need to worry about how I date, Jesus. You need to worry about Sunday, Jesus. You need to worry about what happens in church, Jesus. You need to stay out of my sex life, Jesus. You need to stay out of my purity, Jesus. No, 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 you can be a part of my marriage, Jesus, but you don't have a finger. Don't dip your hand in my finances, Jesus. I hate when that church is talking about how we're supposed to give money. I don't believe that part of the Bible. My man, Sergio. Shout me down, player. But it's when we compartmentalize Jesus that we actually forfeit the power that his lordship has in our lives. When we compartmentalize Jesus, I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. When we compartmentalize Jesus, we forfeit the power that his lordship has in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I didn't get into this thing called following Jesus. I didn't bend a knee. I didn't surrender my life. I didn't open my hands and say, God, have your way in my life, simply so I could keep doing Matt McClure. When I get to the end of my rope, guess who's at the end of my rope? Me. When I get to the end of my best efforts, guess what I have to show for it? Me. When I get to the end of my struggles and my striving based off my own strength, guess who's still there? Me. But when I go in strength and I go in Jesus, when I find myself on Struggle Street and I'm finding Jesus, when I abide in him and he abides in me, at the end of my rope, my rope doesn't have an end. It is limitless because my rope is attached to the anchor of my soul. It is unwavering, and his name is Jesus. Come on, church. And so when we start putting him in his proper place of lordship in our lives, well, that's when we begin to see the fruit that's associated with his lordship in our lives. You see, Jesus, he says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Isn't that amazing? The creator of the universe hung the stars, made the earth spin around the sun. Whether you believe it's flat or not is irrelevant. He made it. It's irrelevant. I don't care, flat earther or circle earther. You don't even have a fan club. You're just a circle earther. That's really hard to say. Circle earther. But it doesn't matter because he made it. This same God who did all of these things, mountain high and valley low, remind my soul that he came for you and for me. That in all creation, he came for you and me. That we are the ones that are made in his image and likeness. He doesn't say that if the mountain abides in me, so I will abide in that mountain. No, no, no. He doesn't say that the quail fish if it abides in me, I'll abide in the quailfish. No, no, this is an assignment. This is an appointment for the church, for the Christians, for the saints and the daughters. If you, and the and sons, sorry. If you will abide in him, he will abide in you. Friends, if you're not abiding, he ain't anointing. 
I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. I didn't get enough mmms, okay? And that person that you're thinking about when you say, mmm, they need to hear that this morning, I'm talking to you too, okay? If you ain't abiding, he ain't anointing. And likewise, this morning, church, can I throw this one at you? This one's going to come like a haymaker, okay? But it's a haymaker from heaven. It's intended to make you better, okay? Here it is. What you're not abiding, he's also not anointing. What you're not abiding, he is also not anointing. Friends, God cannot bless what he is not a part of. God cannot anoint what he is not a part of. And here's this one too. Ready for all the one-liners this morning? Come on, Twitter fingers. God cannot anoint what he is just a part of. What he is just a part of. Here at Takeover Church, we got a saying, we say all the time, if he ain't Lord of all, friend, he ain't Lord at all. If he ain't Lord of all, then he ain't Lord at all. We can sit here and go, yeah. But isn't like having him Lord in one area of your life still pretty good? No. No, it's not. Because he talks about it in Revelation, yo, if you're either hot or you're cold, if you're lukewarm, I ain't here for that. That's the Matt International version. I think it's actually darker, like I'll spit you out my mouth. And we're like, oh, Jesus, okay, calm down with your bad self. But he didn't come to be compartmentalized. He came to rule and reign supreme in every area of our church. Friends, what he is not a part of, he cannot bless. What we are not abiding, he cannot anoint. If friends, here's the thing, we're, we're a church, we're Jesus followers, we're believing for God all the time to just show up and show out in all these areas, and it sounds really great, and it's really cool to say in an auditorium, and we're like hyped, and we're ready to be like, whoo, come on Jesus, take it over, and we're stoked, and we pray for our workplace, and we pray for our families, and we pray for our relatives, and we pray for all of these things, for God's favor to be there, for God's blessing to be there, for God to make a way where there is no way, for all of these things for God to do. But what God is only a part of, he cannot bless. Oh God, I just want favor in my workplace. I want promotion in my workplace. God, I want, I want revival in my workplace. Sweetheart, coming for you. If the only part that Jesus plays in your workplace is the Jesus piece that's around your neck, that is not a role that he can bless. That is not a workplace that he can bless. But if Jesus' role in your workplace is one of you being an encourager, one of you speaking life where there is doubt, speaking life where there is death, coming to you people around you and encouraging them and tearing down strongholds and lies of the enemy, offering up prayer, offering up your money to buy somebody lunch, investing in the people in the cubicle next to you or at the factory line next to you, wherever you find yourself, man, that's a workplace that God can bless. That's favor that he can give. That is a role that he can go, yup, I can anoint that because there's not a single part in this person that I don't have a role in. Man, God, we just, our marriage has been on the rocks, God, and we really want to build our marriage on the living rock. God, come on. Come on, move. Correct her. <laughs> but if, but if, <laughs> but if, the only role that God has in your marriage is the grace that you say before you eat with your spouse. 
that is not a marriage that God can bless. That is not a marriage that God can anoint. But when that marriage is planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of the Lord. If that marriage is planted in Scripture, where life is spoken, where the promises of God are upheld, where the sanctity of marriage is upheld, the covenant of marriage is upheld, where mercy is given and grace is received, where faithfulness abounds. That is a marriage that our God can bless. That is a marriage that our God can anoint. God, I'm just sick and tired. I'm just lonely, God. I'm in a lonely season. There's no single guys in church. There's no single girls in church. My church is only two years old. I can't date there. I'm going to meet somebody. We're going to break out, but I'm going to see him next Sunday. I can't do this. God, I... But single person, I'm coming for you today. I got a couple for you. Okay, I'm coming to your house. We want God to move. We want him to provide a partner. We want him to bring around someone who's a strength. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. He who, uh, Adam was made a helper, a strength from his rib. He has brought you a strength. We want that. God, I want to be someone's helper. I want to be someone's strength. Lord, I'm thirsty out here and I need some help. Like, we want these things. But if the role of his lordship in your single season is only the prayers that you give to get a partner for him to provide something that you're not actively changing about yourself, that's not a single season that he can bless. It ain't. A single season being faithful in that, it's not enough just to lift up thirsty prayers. He needs you to live a prophetic and faithful life. God, God, bring me that one perfect person. I'm sorry, are you working on yourself becoming that perfect person? Are you spending time with God? I just need someone to lead me. Are you leading yourself? Like, come on. Oh, I'm sick of all these players out here just trying to have sex and swiping right and doing all these things. I'm sorry, what are you giving into and what are you saying no to? What are you doing with what God has already given you, single person? Come on today. But when you're out here and you're going, no, 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 in this single season, I'm going to seek the heartbeat of the Lord, not the heartbeat of somebody else. No, 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 no. God, you have the last word about who I date and who I don't date. You got the last word about whether I swipe right or even whether I'm on this app or not. Come on, player. No, 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 God. You have the last word in what you have called me to do. So often in this life, we want to compartmentalize Jesus. Friends, you cannot because he is either Lord of all or he's not at all, okay? He cannot be compartmentalized because his grace is intended to overflow. He cannot just be stuck in one area of your life and not in the rest. This thing only works. His grace only abounds. It only covers a multitude of sins when he's let into the multitude of your life. He cannot just cover your marriage and not cover your finances. He cannot just cover your single season and not cover your purity. Friends, Jesus did not come to take part in your life because a part of your life he cannot anoint. But your whole life, your whole life this morning, come on church. Somebody just say, I'm anointed. Because here's the thing, when he only tries to take part in one area of your life. When you only want to allow him to take part in one area of your life or four areas of your life. It doesn't matter how many areas if it's not the whole pie, okay? Here's what happens. Jesus says, abide in me, I will abide in you. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. You will bear much fruit. When he is Lord over single areas of your life, but not the whole area of your life, the only fruit that you're going to bear is a Matt-sized fruit, is an Amy-sized fruit, is a Scott-sized fruit, is a Kevin-sized fruit. No, no, no. When we have lordship over our lives, he's trying to take over our lives, but he can't take over what we still have control of. He can't take from our hands what we are keeping firmly in our grasps. He can't hold on to what we're unwilling to give him. He can't use our gift if we're unwilling to unwrap it. He can't take you where you believe you're called to go when you're not willing to go with him where he's called you to go. Friends, we will forfeit the power of his lordship in our lives when we don't give over every area of our lives to his lordship. It's just plain math. It just is what it is. No, 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 God, I, man, I, just, want your, I just want your grace and your favor in and, and this area and all these things. And God, so often, he's like, yeah, but can you start being faithful in this area too? Like, I'm down to show up in your single season, but you haven't been given. Oh, I'm down to show up in your single season, but you haven't been serving at church. Oh, no, no, I want to take your musical gift really far, but the problem is you're not ser first serving my house with it. Oh, oh, man, I want your photography business to get off the ground, but the problem is you got a photography page loaded up on Facebook that you want all your church friends to subscribe to and to like and to share, but you ain't willing to bust out your camera full free at my church. It doesn't make sense. Like, I want to take you further, but you're not willing because I'm not lordship of that life. Friends. I didn't get into this thing just to have a mat-sized fruit in my life. Here's the thing. When we want to when we want to be lord over more areas of our lives. When we want this area and keep Jesus hands off this area and we want to do all of these things. Yo, if it's cold, you can turn it up right over there. Sorry. I saw somebody shivering. Oh, it could be the Holy Spirit. I don't know, but it looked like it, you know. I was like, we're about to grab the oil and anoint you. But when we keep these areas to ourselves, man, I just feel like I got another word for single people, okay? Single person, when you don't give over God lordship to your single season, you're only going to get your size fruit. You're going to have fruit that is the size of you, however big or however small you are. You're going to have fruit that tastes like you, however full or however bitter that you are. And when you have lordship over your relationship, God doesn't. And that person that you're hanging out with, if they have the lordship of your relationship, you're going to have fruit the size of them. You're going to have fruit that tastes like them. No, no, no. God said that he's going to give you much fruit. But you've got to abide in him so that he can abide in you. When you are abiding your relationships in your power or in your partner, you are not going to get God-sized fruit in that relationship. You are not going to see the manifestation of God that you want to in that area because it's going to be small and it's going to be limited to the capacity of which you have for yourself. God wants to move. You see, friends, when Jesus is Lord of all, there's always a path to growth. When it's Jesus that's Lord, you're going to have much fruit. You're going to bear much fruit. It's going to be however big or however small God thinks is appropriate for you in your life at that very moment. But whether it's big or whether it's small, God, I just feel like you only gave me a little. It's okay. He gave you something. And when it's God and he lords over, it's always on a path to growth. God, I just feel like I'm dry right now. Okay, what are you doing to fix that? 
What are you doing? Are you just complaining to me right now? Or are you getting in my word and seeing my promises are still available to you? That every promise is still yes and amen in Christ Jesus. What are you doing in this season? I want to be Lord over it, but right now Matt is Lord over it. And see, when Matt's Lord over my life, and I'm abiding in Matt, or I'm abiding in Adrienne, or I'm abiding in my parents, or I'm abiding in my past, or I'm abiding in my future, or I'm abiding my self-worth in what you think I'm worth. Friends, how many of you know that's a terrible way to have self-worth when you allow somebody else to determine your self-worth? But when I take my self-worth and I abide it in my Savior, I don't have self-worth. I got Savior worth. He's got to take over our lives. Friends, anointing only comes by way of abiding. Anointing only comes by way of abiding. Oh, I want to see, I still want to see God's fruitfulness in the land of the living. Got to abide. And I love when Jesus says later on, he says, if you will abide in me and I will abide in you, if you abide in me and my word abides in you. See, Jesus just up the ante. He says, you can ask for anything and it will be given to you. Anything? Anything? I can ask for anything? And that's when we get tripped up, right? Because we're like, yeah, I want a Ferrari. Sorry, I just watched Ford v. Ferrari again. Stoked, okay? Super stoked. Great movie. But I want a Ferrari. Ask for anything. No, 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 that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, abide in me, and my word abides in you. You can ask for anything in my name, in my word, and it will be given to you. You see, when we begin to abide in him and his word begins to abide in us, suddenly something happens. We don't, just, we don't just thirst and yearn for these selfish desires that we once thirst and yearn for. We don't just declare uh, publicly, outspokenly, or privately that this is what we want. I want to go here and I want to go there. I want a wife that looks like this. I want a husband that makes this much money. I want this thing, that thing, and the next thing. And I want to go here and go there and do all of these things. And we start declaring all of these things. And they're selfish. And they're short-sighted. And they don't bless anybody beyond us. That's not something that God is going to honor. That's not something that God is going to give. He says, no, 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 no. When my word abides in you. Because when his word abides in you, suddenly you'll see the will of your life begin to align to his will. Suddenly what you want is going to be firmly rooted in the Bible. Suddenly the things that you dream for are firmly going to be what blesses God. You see, if we're not abiding, he can't be blessing. If we're not abiding, he can't be anointing. So whatever we're going to ask for outside of that, it is selfish, it is short-sighted, it won't bless God, it won't bless the world, and it can't profit us nothing. God's not God's best. God's saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. But when you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask for anything, and it will be given. Oh, man, I just, need, I just need healing right now, God. That's good. Because I'm Jehovah Rapha still. I'm undefeated. I've got you. Oh, God, I just, I just need you to move in my finances. I'm just looking at this next year and the goals that we have and where we want to go. And Yeah, I got you. Lord, your provider, man, you've been, 
You've been so faithful to my house and to my word. You've been given. You've been given. Watch what I do. God, you said ask for anything. You know, I'm just, I'm approaching 30 and I'm still struggling with this porn addiction. And God, I just, need, I just need some release. I just need breakthrough. I just need you to be enough for me right now. God's like, yeah, I got you. I got you. Fear not, I am there. Just abide in me. Some of us this morning, God is needing us to begin to graft that vine that we are back into his branch. Because we all want the fruit of God. We don't want, we don't want the fruit of self. We don't want the fruit of doubt. We don't want the fruit of fear. We don't want the fruit of disease. We don't want the fruit of death. No, no, no. We want fruit of life and life to the full, somebody. And God is declaring to a room full of people this morning that we got to start grafting this thing back in. Whatever it is that you're looking for, it's got to go back on the vine. It's got to go back on the vine. It can no longer be an option that you simply have the rule and reign in your life because you are not good enough on your best day with your best makeup and your best hair and your best attitude to do this thing. It's why Jesus had to go to the cross. It wasn't enough then. It's not going to be enough later. And it's not enough now. See, friends, God wants to anoint every area of your life. God didn't just come for your afterlife. He came for your past life. God didn't just come for your past life. He came for your future life. God didn't just come for your future life. He came for your present life. He didn't just come for the things that you're public about. He came for the things that you're private about. He didn't come for the things that you're just proud of. He came for the things that you're ashamed of. He didn't just come for the areas in which you're really well gifted. He came for the areas that you have weakness in. He didn't just come for the victories. He came to redeem your defeats. God didn't just come to be a part of your life, but he actually came to take over your life. There's a portion of scripture I want to read right here that says, He says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so to prove to be my disciples, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Sorry, this is verse 8 through 10. So I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. By this, by abiding by regrafting in the areas of your life, by putting it back up on the vine, God is glorified. God isn't glorified. When you are struggling and going down struggle street from beat down to beat down by doing it in your own strength. Now, if the enemy comes at you and he tries to come for your head and for your home and for your house, but you are abiding in Christ, God can be glorified when you're struggling that because he's already obtained the victory. But when you're struggling and you're losing on your own accord, God doesn't get the glory in that. He's saying, abide in me, and he will be glorified in it. Because he wants to make much of you. He wants to make much of you. But I love this. Jesus says, 
so that you will be proved, proven to be my disciples. Now I think about that. I'm like, well, what does he mean? Does he mean like prove it to God? Because God already knows who's his disciple. I'll prove it to Jesus? Well, Jesus already knows I'm his disciple. I'll prove it to the Holy Spirit? Well, he's three and one, one and three, so the Holy Spirit already knows that I'm his disciple as well. So who do I need to prove it to that I am the Lord's disciple? Prove it to the world. Prove it to the community in which you live in. Prove it to the workplace that God has given to you as an assignment. That workplace is actually blessed because you're there. Prove it to the strangers that you meet on the street when you're walking down to Vision and Heartside because they'll be blessed because you're there. Prove it to your kids. If you're a father, you're a mother in here this morning. Prove it to your kids that you are a disciple of the Most High God that he has had access to every single area of your life so that you can leave a legacy implanted in your children for the world to come after you. Prove it to the world that you are his disciples. Keep his commandments and he will be glorified in it. That's huge. What an assignment we have in Jesus, right? We like to say, what a friend we have in Jesus, right? Remember the old song, what a friend I have in Jesus. Like, what a friend I have in Jesus. But friends, it doesn't be, it's not limited to a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It is anointing of a kingdom. It is an approval of a kingdom. It is anointing from something that is outside this world that doesn't exist in the realm of which we see things, but has created the realm in which we see things. So you have power that is beyond yourself. You have access to more. You can always punch above your, above your weight class. You can always take down giants that are bigger than you because you're not operating your own strength because your strength has been abided in the Lord. Man, I just want to put this battle back in the Lord. It's not mine to face. It wasn't my giant to defeat. It came at me because I was the Lord's anointed and it's his, it's his assignment that we take it down. Friends, if we're not abiding, he's not anointing. So I don't know what area it is. Worship team, you can start making your way up here. I don't know what area it is in your life this morning that when I bring this up and I come to your front door with this good news, that it needs to be sewn back into the branch. I don't know if it's your self-worth I don't know if it's your single season. I don't know if you wrestle with fear and doubt. Try wrestling with God. It worked out for the last guy. I don't know what areas it is in your life that need to be grafted back into the vine, but I know that the branch cannot sustain itself apart from the vine. I know that God will never get everything out of you and to you that he wants to get to you and out of you and into the world if you're not abiding it in him. He can't move where he's not welcomed. He can't redeem what he doesn't have access to. 
He can't grow more fruit, make much fruit of your life when he doesn't even have access to the roots. So in this place right now, what I want to do is I want us to stand up to our feet as we go into this last moment here this morning on our second birthday where we just declare that, God, you can have it all. God, you can have it all. Every area that's hidden, you can have it all. Would you just stand up with me, church? We're going to declare, we're going to sing, we're going to open the floodgates of self so that we can receive the floodgates of heaven this morning. I don't know. Man, maybe you've let him be Lord of Sunday morning, but he's not been Lord of Saturday night. I don't know. Maybe he was Lord over your last relationship, but this relationship, you're just looking for a warm body for someone to make you feel good. He wants to be Lord over this relationship as well. He wants all of it forfeited to him. He wants all of it handed to him. He wants all of it laid down so that the kingdom of God can prosper in your life. This morning, we're going to declare that we're done compartmentalizing Jesus. That if he's worthy, if he is worthy to be praised, when we have more money in our bank account, he's worthy to be praised when we don't. That if he's worthy to be praised, when we find that relationship that is God-breathed, that is God's best, he's worthy to be praised when we haven't yet. That if he's worthy to be praised when the marriage is restored, and maybe that's not where you find yourself yet this morning, he's worthy to be praised while the repairs are being made while the hands are being laid down, while we're stepping out in faith, while we're believing for God's anointing, we are opening up every area, every part, and we're declaring, God, you can have it all. Take this life and breathe on it. Take my singleness and breathe on it. Take my singleness and breathe on it. Take my singleness and breathe on it. Take my marriage and breathe on it. Take my calling and breathe on it. He didn't come so that you can live out your calling the way you want to. He came so that you can live out your calling the way he called you to. Let's just declare all across this room right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. This isn't a moment about me as your pastor. And you listening to me, this is a moment where I'm going to speak things out in prophecy and prophetic over this room from the Holy Spirit. And you're going to talk to God and you're going to receive what he has from you. Those areas that you've kept wrapped up and you've kept under wrap. Those areas that you haven't seen the fruit that you want to see it in. We're going to begin to ask the question this morning. Does God have unlimited access to this area? I want fruit. In the hours when I'm alone, I don't want to drift into darkness and into doubt, into despair, and into fear. No, I want to spend time alone and know that God is with me. That he's joy unspeakable. That he is peace beyond understanding. Jesus, take my heart. You can have it all. 
Just begin to sing right where you are. Begin to receive right where you are in this moment. Come on. Every part of Come on, Jesus. Jesus, you can bless this mess because I give this mess over to you. Oh, God, I'm done being a hot mess. I want to be a holy mess. I want to have a mess that is firmly placed in the hands of God this morning. Jesus, come and take over my life. If I've only ever given you a portion, I give you the whole thing this morning. If I haven't given you my marriage, you have my marriage. If I haven't given you my faith, you have my faith. God, if I haven't given you the brokenness, brokenness that people in my life, leadership in my life, my partner in my life has given me, God, I give you that brokenness right now, flow. God, I give you what I drink and what I don't drink. I give you what I partake in and what I don't partake in. God, I give you my actions and my inactions. I give you my voice and I give you my silence. You have my future and you have my past. God, we just declare this morning that you can have it all. This life. Breathe on, God. Breathe on. You have permission. You can breathe on and you can continue breathing on. God, we give you permission this morning. Come on. This is how revival flows in our city. This is how revival flows in our marriages. This is how revival flows in our single season. This is how revival flows in our calling. This is how revival flows in every area of our life. Have your way, Holy Ghost. Come on. Every breath, God. 